All right, welcome back to episode 14 of Speaking Talks. I'm Aiden. I'm Ben. And uh, we're back with another episode. Uh, this one just following the uh, Sunday sweep of the Seattle Mariners. Um, what a series that was for the boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, four, four wins and all big wins. Um, scored over six runs in every single game. Uh, even hit 12 at one of them. And it's it's even extended more so um, with that win against the Astros. We're looking good. I mean, we're we're starting to get back into our flow. Um, five game win streak, eight eight for eight and two in the last ten. Yeah. Um, they're starting to play in the last twelve. Yeah, so they're, start, they're I mean, starting to play baseball. Yeah, yeah, they are. They look phenomenal right now, and I just. I didn't even know this. This is very surprising to me. I know he's been hot, but I did not realize that he's already second on our team in home runs. Trevor's story was seven home runs. That's incredible. He sucked for the for up until this last weekend. He has been horrible, but he turned it around. Um, he's playing much better, obviously. And this is exact, this is exactly what he we need him to be in order to be a playoff team. Five home runs in that series. Crazy um, against the Mariners. Uh, one of them even being a grand slam. So he definitely got his stats to where we uh, would first like. In, first in RBI, Zayden. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of shown that we're just one series away from a guy being the leader of our team because we just have had such a cold start, you know? Yep. Um, so touching on that, the next series starting tomorrow, we're facing the White Sox at uh, Chicago, three games. And then we're going over to the Orioles five game series because one of the games, one of the days is a doubleheader. And then we're going two more to the Cincinnati Reds uh, following that. And then at home, actually. Um, and then the uh, Oakland A's will be wrapping that up with three more games following the Reds. So a big, big stretch here, Ben. Do you want to explain why this is a I, huge stretch? I think this is the biggest stretch of our season. I'm not not even just to this point all year. I think this is the biggest stretch of our season because this is going to show whether or not the Boston Red Sox are for real or they've been fraudulent this last week or so. Uh, you know, I think biggest series of the year, this is a prove-it series, the Chicago White Sox, a team that you just played, what, two weeks ago, I believe, Aiden? Uh, last game was on May 8th. So, yeah, around two weeks ago, 15 days ago. So they lose the first game to the White Sox, 4-2, to two, uh, lose again, 3-1. to one. And lost again three to two. So they got they got swept absolutely embarrassed, to be honest. It wasn't good at all. And what's the thing you notice there, Aiden? Two runs for, two runs for, one run for. These last five or so games, you've seen the bats waking up. They put an 11 spot up on uh on the Rangers. Uh they put up seven, six, eight runs against the Mariners, uh, 12 against the Mariners as well. So, you know, the bats are waking up, they're finally showing themselves. Uh, but to me. This Chicago series shows whether or not the Red Sox are for real and whether they could or could not be a playoff team this early. But I think it's true. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I think that this is a huge series for the Red Sox. Um, if we can go out there and, and at least win the series, if not, if we could sweep them back, that would be huge to stay hot. Listen, that, obviously, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm rooting for. That's what I want to happen. But if you just snag two out of three, that's all we need. All I need you to do is snag two out of three uh, and put up some put up some runs doing it. Uh, I think we need this offense to stay consistent, obviously, for us to make it. But I, with Story establishing himself, we should be one of the elite offensive teams in baseball. Yeah. So looking at this next um, this next stretch, if the white if we take two out of three with the White Sox, that's two wins. Yep. If we take 
three out of five against the Orioles. Four that's, out of five. Get four out of five. Against the Orioles. That's that's five or six wins right there. Then we're against five five more games with the Reds or and the Athletics combined. Snag three out of five there. Snag three out of five there. What is it? That's eight wins in, in that stretch. We could wins, what eleven games? I want to say yeah, something like that. I mean, we could we could jump ourselves and catapult ourselves into con- contention in uh, in the NL East and and probably at the top of the wild card. If you want to, I think we'd be nipping at the Yankees' heels if that happens, and I think we would be in a wild card position, especially since this is why a sweep against Chicago would be huge because they're one of the three teams or technically four teams, but the Angels are one in the wild card. And I just think that we have no chance of catching them throughout the whole season. I think the Angels are uh, finally a good team, and I think they're going to stay where they are for the rest of the year. But you have uh, the Blue Jays were ahead of us in the race. The Rays have that spot, and then the White Sox were also ahead of us. So this is why the wild card chase is kind of in our favor at this point. We have the White Sox now. If you can snag three and sweep them, that would be huge because then you're likely to be ahead of them uh, in that wild card chase after uh, these next few series are over. But another thing that's great for us is we have two teams in the division, so we have to take advantage of that. I think they're setting themselves up for, for success, but as we said, uh, this this next uh, two weeks is huge for them, and it's very telling. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, now, going into uh, a little bit more of the, the performance, the, the bats have kind of woken up, which is the reason why we have been scoring and, and finally winning some games. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the biggest uh, factor into why these bats are waking up? Do you think it's just taking time to adjust, or do you think it's it's more so a, 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 once one guy starts doing it, like story, everyone starts doing it? I, I think it's more of, more of the latter of what you just said, and I don't think it's just one guy caught fire. I think it was the perfect guy to electrify this entire lineup. It was the new guy walking in. I think this team needed a bit of fresh blood. Um, Everyone's been there for a little bit, hearing the same message. I love Cora, great manager. Uh, Would never ask that they fire him ever. I think he's the best coach in all sports. But he has been there for a few few years now. These guys have heard the same voice for quite a while. Maybe you need a, a fresh face in there. And it was huge that the guy who's been struggling, new to the team, he got hot at the perfect time, and I, I think it electrified Raffy. I believe he's had a couple home runs the last couple of days. Yeah, so obviously he was feeling a little bit. But, yeah, I think it was the latter of what you were saying. I think one guy caught fire, and it, it kind of set along uh, among the rest of the lineup. Yeah, and here's another thing to add to that. Uh, the Red Sox offense went from 28th in April to then 3rd in May. Yeah, That's, yeah. that's just how drastic of a, of a switch this team's made. 3rd is obviously – that's that's a great spot to be. It's It's – I just I'm not surprised by that coming into the year. I thought the Red Sox should have been in that range, a top five offense. So I'm not surprised by that. I, I was more surprised that they came out so slow. Oh, agree. Um, and, you know, it's still not even the whole offense isn't even going. I mean, there's still guys, Bobby Dalbeck, uh, Kike Hernandez, uh, Verdugo's kind of went down in the 220s now. Uh, guys like that, that that aren't hitting as well as you'd like. And they're still. This offense is still getting going with just what four or five guys that are doing it. So once you get everyone involved, it's gonna be a dangerous, dangerous lineup. Listen, Aiden, with as good as this offense has been, I don't want to get ahead of myself. If we stay like this for a month or so, I think it's time to bring up Casas and say screw you to uh to Dahlbeck. He just yeah, hasn't think, been good enough. He hasn't yeah, Dahlbeck's time as a Red Sox, or at least as a starter, is uh is starting to slowly fade because 
I mean, he's not producing once you have he's one. Not. one. He's not. Uh, you can't have that. And, uh, uh, you know, we were saying earlier in the year, if this lineup is elite, like we were thinking, it's a perfect uh, perfect spot for Casas to develop it because definitely. there's not that much pressure on him. Yep. Uh, there wouldn't be that many expectations. But if he could just be there in a comfortable spot, lower spot in the lineup, driving a few runs, that'd be a perfect way to develop him. So I hope they, re- I hope they go that route. I agree. Uh, another thing that I want to uh, emphasize, may, this might be the biggest thing uh, recently, our uh, bullpen has been struggling, but more so than the bullpen, it's even been uh, the fact that we don't have a closer. Um, I mean, Garrett Whitlock started off as our closer. Matt Barnes has been terrible. Um, Robles had a hot start, and then he started he started the year off with five straight shutdown um, innings. Then since then, he's pitched in four high-leverage spots and has had three – three meltdowns and blown saves uh, that have yeah. led to blown saves. And, you know, uh, that's other, that's yeah. what we should have expected coming in. It was more, it was the opposite with the offense. We were surprised that a guy like Robles was so hot starting. And, you know, we just, we couldn't rely on that uh, for as long as we were. So I think we were kind of due with that. Yeah. And so, so um, for you, Ben, what do you think, what do you think we have to do to solidify this bullpen? Um, do you think we need that secured, uh, closer guy that Garrett Whitlock was going to be before he moved into starter. Yeah. What do you think the situation is there? Yeah. So Whitlock, the thing that sucks is they kind of, if, if you were to play like this, this might be a really weird comparison, but if you were be able to play MLB the show with no injuries on in a franchise mode and no one was getting hurt on the Red Sox staff, they'd be a hundred win team, but that's not how it works in real life. So, you know, you have two of our, our two best starting pitchers, I'd argue, are injured right now. Um, so Whitlock has to be in that starting role, but we can't. So we can't have him as a closer, but that's what we should do. We should have Whitlock as a closer, but we can't because of all the injuries. So I think we're kind of screwed at that spot. The only thing I think we can do to fix that uh, is trade for, for another bullpen arm. Uh, we're, we're not spending enough capital as it is, and I think we need a relief arm coming in via trade. I agree. Um I also think it's kind of important to do it now rather than the deadline because the deadline, yeah. everyone's looking for a, for a bullpen arm. And also, or- I think the I think waiting until the deadline might be waiting too long. I think we could be so screwed by that point that we're not even in playoff contention, so we can't wait that long. Yeah, and even getting a bullpen arm, it makes us so much more flexible. We could have finally have our closer, and then when Paxton and Sale return, hopefully within the next two months or so, mm-hmm. um, then Garrett Whitlock can go back to a setup role or, yeah. or a high leverage role, something that he feels more comfortable in than starting. Uh, he's, he hasn't been terrible starting. His last start was, was a disaster, allowed five runs um, and then was pulled. And obviously we came back and won that game against the Mariners. But uh, I, I think it's shown that this project of moving him hasn't moved completely seamlessly to becoming a starter. And how could you blame him? I mean, he started off yeah. as a setup guy, then he closed for us. And then Listen, we've then been he's moving around way too much. Like you were just saying, we've been moving around way too much. You have to let him get footing. Uh, pitching is largely mental, and you can't be in a good mental space if you're getting moved around. Uh, you don't really know your role. So they, they kind of just have to put him in one spot. And another thing I want to say is we're playing the Reds and A's in the next couple of weeks, two teams that are trading assets, trading their better players. So what if in that stretch two bullpen guys stand out to Heim? And then he can make a trade for him. But make that trade like right now. You can't wait too long to make that trade. I completely agree. Um, I mean, looking at it right now, 
The save numbers, only two players on the Red Sox have more than one save, and it's Hansel Robles with two and Matt Barnes with two also. Um, I mean, that's, that's like, awful. if that's you awful. don't have an established closer, look what happens. You have Hansel Robles, who also has three blown saves. You've got Jake Diekman with three blown saves. Whitlock, Austin Davis, um, and Matt Barnes also with another blown save each. So, you know, if this team figures out a way to close out games – we're going to, we would be much better than in the position we are right now. Now yeah. that the offense is getting going and, and into it, it'll help us with the run cushion, but you still need pitchers. I can go out there and, and hold a lead, keep a lead and win in a high leverage situation. Um, and I agree. I think we do need a, that, that more than anything needs to be our uh, addition. And then I think if we do make that move, I think the next thing we have to look at is what are we doing at first base? Is Bobby going to, um, get take the back seat to Tristan Casas or are we going to make a move for first baseman? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is, but definitely something needs to happen right now. Dahlbeck's hitting 160. Um, his OBP is around 250, which is, I believe, the lowest on the Sox beside Ploiecki. Um, and, you know, he has one home run. So this, this is guy who's, his he's only really that. addition to the team is his uh, home run and RBI potential. Yeah. And he's not doing it there. What did he get? Seventy nine RBIs last year, maybe eighties. Uh, I just, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him uh, coming into the year. I wasn't the biggest fan of him last year, even when he hit twenty plus home runs. But what is he doing? I, even I expected way more from him than this. He he's been horrible, especially as a righty. I mean, a guy guy like that, at least just get a couple of doubles off the, yeah. off the wall. I mean, do something. Yeah. Um, and a couple of stats. Uh, to to mention in here, as of right now, the Sox are tied for fifth with our uh, hits total per game. Uh, average, we are at ninth in the league. Uh, OBP, we're at 19th. Then you go to home runs, a, a stat that we should be top five in. Yeah, we are. We're sitting at 20th with 35. Yeah, yeah. listen, and I was looking at this earlier. It was standing out to me the lack of home runs. Like we have two guys, Raffi and Story, with nine and seven, and I'm I'm very happy with those numbers individually. I think that's fine. This uh, even JD with five, uh, but I mean Christian Arroyo being sixth on your team in home runs. Christian twenty two at six. Twenty two. Like come on, that 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 just that can't be. Yeah, that and and be. so I know we talked about it a little bit briefly yesterday. Um, Franchi Cordero with a grand slam uh, walk off yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking wrong about that guy, huh? So, I mean, hey, I obviously it's his first home run of the year. Um, hasn't done too much with the bat um, just because he hasn't played that much. Now he's starting to see more at bats. He's at 52 at bats right now, 12 hits with a, a 231 average. So, you know, at this point, if Franchi could be another guy that is, I don't know, one of those utility guys that can come in and add some pop, then we'll be looking at like a really good addition. Cause I, I think at this point, you know, we've got to look at guys like, like if Kike can't get it going and he can't, yeah, Kike's got to get, I was just about to say, Kike's got to get it going. He, he was, he's an X factor type player for the Red Sox lineup. Not, not because of his pop ability, but because I didn't think he'd be this much of a bust. Like he, he's been terrible throughout through the whole season. Not one home run, I believe, Aiden. Is that correct? I don't think he has any home runs. TK, uh, I think TK one had home run. One, yeah. One home run. That can't be. That really can't be. TK's got to be a lot better than that. And I think he will be a lot better. Um, as as we see, like 
the whole lineup's kind of catching on fire right now. And Kike, he's he's a popular guy in that room. He's probably, uh, you know, getting just as much uh, attention as everyone else. Just, you know, I think I think the the lineup as a whole is catching fire right now. I think they're figuring it out. Um, but yeah, Kike's got to He's got to step it up big time. Christian as well. I think Christian Vasquez needs to add a bit more pop to this lineup. He hasn't done as much as I thought he would be uh, before the season. I agree. And then going off Kike as well. Um, another thing that I, I like to look at stolen bases, this Sox team is, uh, I believe 27th tied for 27th in stolen bases. And it's really only been Trevor story. He's got five. Yeah. He's been swiping some bags, which has been great. But listen, Kike has zero you off. I'm sorry, and not to cut you off. Trevor's story went from one of our worst players to he might be our best player. He really might be our best player right now. He's he's a complete baseball player. He's everything we were wishing he was when we signed him. Uh, I don't want to get too excited. Again, I'm a I'm an emotional fan. Uh, but Trevor's story's been absolute beast. But continue with what you were saying. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's exactly what I'm I'm going off of. I mean, five stolen bases, he hasn't been caught stealing once. Um, and then you look at guys like like Kike, who should be maybe getting you a little speed on the bases. Zero stolen bases, caught yeah. stealing once. Um, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr., one stolen base, caught stealing twice. Uh, I mean, there's really no speed here. Xander Bogarts has two bags, but are you going to really rely on Xander to get that many bags yeah. for you? I mean, I feel like this lineup's missing missing a little bit of a piece that we could use to, to swipe some bags. Because if we can't con- continually hit power – uh, doubles off the wall, whatever it is, or home runs, we're gonna need to we're gonna need to win somehow, uh, yeah. some other way. And if that if it's really a dead ball this year, then a lot of teams that are playing with, you know, the small game, the the bunts, stone bases, all that stuff, they're gonna benefit take advantage of it exactly. So I don't know who necessarily would be in mind, um, in terms of position wise. Yeah. I do know that we have an opening at first that could get open soon. And, you know, I don't know, a guy like Whit Merrifield, even though he, he's terrible at hitting this year, he'll steal you, what, 30 bags a year. Um, Al, uh, Aldoberto Mondesi, also from the Royals, um, a guy that, that could play third and is a great fielder. Maybe we move Rafi to first. I don't know what the situation would be, but anything to get some stolen bases on this team because you see how much it means. Julio Rodriguez, the rookie for the Mariners, he's leading the league in stolen bases right now. He stole a couple against us in the series. And – Getting those stolen bases has helped him hit. Yeah. Uh, he'll take a walk and he'll steal second, he'll steal third. And, and you know, that's it feels like you got to hit. And because of that, he's been getting hot and he's been playing great. And he might be leading the uh, the rookie of the year votes as of right now. So, you know, I think we need some addition. I think the three things we have to look up uh, or look at or high mess to look at in, in the coming weeks or months, get a closer, a guy who could be a lockdown reliever. We've got to get figure out what we're doing at first base. And if figuring out what we could do at first base can add us some speed on this team to, to, to swipe some bags, then I think that would be a real thing. Get those two, three, two, three things out of the way. And I really think that this team, you know, if it's not competing to win the AL East, I think it's 100% in there for a wild card discussion. I agree 100%. And to your, uh, to add to what you're saying about first base, uh, not to just completely shit on Bobby. Uh, I know I do that a little bit, but not to just keep piling on because I feel like this episode has turned into a bit of just like crap on Bobby hour. And I, we didn't mean for it to be that. It's just it's honestly it's an issue that the Red Sox have to deal with. They're trying to address first base two years in a row. So that like, what does that tell you? One thing about what you already have at first and another thing 
What does that tell you about Hein Bloom neglecting to address and solidify the first base first base position, which to me is a like top three, top four most important position in baseball. First base is so important, and he hasn't addressed it. So, uh, what does that say about Hein Bloom to you, Aiden? Yeah, I I don't know. I I hope that it's a encouraging thing for his view on Casas because maybe he's just so confident Casas is going to be the guy, but once he's ready, he's going to come up and, and light up the league. I hope it's that. Yeah. Or if he has something else in mind, I hope it's that. I hope he, I hope he has something in the plans. The only thing that I'll say is we're kind of in a situation where we need to pay Xander. We need to pay Rafi. Now how, how what's it going to look like if we bring in another guy who has a big contract or, or is going to need an extension at first. That's why I think, the high method has been, you know, bring up prospects, develop the farm system. So if it's going to be like that, Heim, you better hit on Casas and he better be able to hit in the majors, yeah. unlike Bobby. So if that's the system you're going to ride on through the farm system, you better actually prove it. And Casas better be the guy that he's intended to be uh, with all this hype. Yeah. And another thing just adds to what you're saying. If you're going to go with the farm system method, okay, go with the farm system method. And one of the things, that is your you benefit from from going with the farm system you can pay your other stars because everyone else isn't making as much money because they're young players on on early first year contracts or first term contracts so pay xander bogarts and Uh you were telling me earlier uh i I really think we should get into this uh poppy talking about how it'd be stupid what was the exact quote that you were telling Uh, me yeah he goes uh just a second he goes Hall of Famer hopes Red Sox keep star shortstop. He goes, it will be stupid to it would be stupid to let that guy go. In thank you, Kevin. Thank you. That was perfectly put. Um, listen, he said it all right there. He, they would be completely stupid, absolute idiots, absolute morons. So, to me, it would just be an absolute disgrace if we don't keep Xander. But even worse, if we trade him the deadline. Thank God, right now it's looking like we won't have to do that. Um, but yeah, they better keep Xander. They better keep him. Yeah. And, uh, another thing I want to add on, uh, this was, I believe, yeah, five, five days ago. Um, I sent this to you and then we both saw it, you know, again, with the farm system, with time, all that stuff, Garrett Willock's not going to work out as a starter. Let's not ruin him. Let's move him yeah. back to the closer role or something in the relief mm-hmm. and let's call up Brian Bello, um, yes. our number one pitching prospect. He struck out 10 in his AAA debut um, for the Sox. I mean, you know, if he could prove it in two, three more starts, I wouldn't wait. I would just get him right up yeah. here. Yeah, just set him know, up. Just set exactly. him up. And if he doesn't work out, he goes back down and then give him some time. But, you know, I feel like we it's been so long since we've called up a guy and he's just been a complete home run. Uh, especially as a pitcher. I mean, last guy I could think of is Tanner Houck. But, you know, I mean, if, if we can get a guy that's going to be a, a solid starting five rotation guy in Bellow, you know, that could really help us in terms of maybe not spending money at the deadline for another guy, another pitcher, another relief, whatever it is, and instead repaying or paying and re-signing Xander and Rafi, two guys that, you know, we would be nowhere without. Who was – that's a good point. Who was the last homegrown – Red Sox, like, ace-level pitcher. I can't think of ace-level pitcher. Like I maybe maybe John Lester? It, it would probably have to go back to all was the it, way over there. I mean, was Tanner, Lester, was the Tanner Howell wasn't at that level yet, but I probably it's probably homegrown. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the thing. We don't we haven't really been able to develop pitchers like that. I mean, we, yeah. we went out and we got Chris Sale, you know? 
Yeah. Was he, did we draft Erod? He wasn't an ace, but he was. Erod, um, I do think that we developed Erod, but um, but I wouldn't again not an ace, a very good pitcher, like second great. or third pitcher in your rotation, but not an ace. So yeah, that that's wow, that an interesting, very interesting point. Very good point. Like they really have to do a better job of that. All right. Um, unless you have anything else to touch on, I think we hit everything today. No, that that's it. Uh, again, these next two weeks are the biggest. Uh, Biggest weeks for the for the Red Sox this season. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think they're going to be even this early, a uh, very high level, intense games, uh, especially the White Sox series because it's two teams that know how close they are in the standings. So I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. Um, thanks for tuning in to Speaking Sox. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, um, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that. Tipsy Tailgate Media. Um, we're going to be adding more podcasts in the coming months. Uh, right now, we've got this one, and we've got uh, the Tipsy Tailgate, our other podcast that talks football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Um, so definitely uh, stay tuned. Follow us on, on all the social medias, and we've got content coming every day. So um, we'll see you guys in the next one. See you.